everyone. Welcome to the Technical Podcast. We talk all things tech startup here in the Denton community. Uh, this is Kyle Taylor and... And Dan. And Dan. You did too, then, and Dan. <laughs> <laughs> and we are talking today with two of the co-founders of a similar nonprofit up in Oklahoma City called Techlahoma. We're talking with Amanda Harlan and I forgot the other Jessie? name. And Jesse. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and introduce yourselves, guys. Hi, uh, I'm Amanda Harlan. I'm a co-founder and current treasurer of Techlahoma. I help out with things like the Thunder Plains Tech Conference, OKCJS, and general uh admin for Techlahoma. i put out a lot of fires and wear a lot of hats <laughs> awesome uh i'm jesse harlan uh i'm currently the acting president of Techlahoma, and uh, like her i'm a co-founder i've been running okcjs for about uh, six years in january uh work on the thunder plains uh conference uh as well uh and worked on the av setup and a number of other things at Techlahoma, and now our sponsorship uh campaign as well Cool. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So, so you mentioned that you, you've been running OKCJS for six years. Was that before you guys started Techlahoma? Yeah, that's right. Actually, uh, Techlahoma, it's very interesting. Techlahoma was not a, if you build it, they will come sort of situation. It was a, they're already here. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> sort of situation. <laughs> um, and OKCJS was a user group that uh, myself uh, and Vance, uh, Lucas, uh, the third co-founder, had been running for quite some time. And uh, Techlahoma came out of the need to support a lot of the local user groups. Uh, we wanted to have a conference, which turned into Thunder Plains eventually. Um, and uh, Amanda got involved uh, around the time that we basically started Techlahoma, uh, helping with the user groups and a lot of these other things. So the answer to your question is, yeah, there was a community there, um, but it was, an, it was very ephemeral. Like it wasn't obvious, uh, you know, are you going to have a place to meet next month? Are you going to be able to work with other um, user groups to possibly find people to speak at your uh, user group? Um, it just became increasingly obvious that uh, not just OKCJS, but uh, some of the other groups like OKC Ruby um, and, and things like that needed to work together uh, because uh, I, I don't know what it's like in, in your area, but um, we're, if we don't work at maintaining community here in Oklahoma City, uh, we're in danger of losing it, uh, so we have to kind of like you know stick with it and and, and try. Uh, and so all these things kind of came together uh, in a in a sort of a perfect storm, and then Techlahoma was created, and it's been going now for it'll it'll be beginning. Uh, it's I guess technically it's third well fourth year, fourth year on paper, but really in terms of mobilized and getting stuff done, kind of like it's third year I would say. Um, the first year, you know, realistically was just a lot of paperwork and, and learning the ins and outs of how a nonprofit works, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, we were still kind of getting our sea legs. Um, but now it feels like things are definitely kind of full steam ahead. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, so you mentioned that you guys kind of just combine, I say combine, um, joined forces as far as the community goes and the user groups go. Um, so really, so it sounds like Techlahoma came out of a need to maintain relationships across the board because dan and i one of the biggest things dan and i notice is uh on your website when you go to the meetups page you guys are like a meetup pro or i forget what the, the level is you yeah, guys are yeah. like 30 something groups all under the same umbrella is that right uh, 33 yeah 33 currently and uh we we have everyone reapply every year we're actually going through our user group application process right now that's because you know 
sometimes user groups come and go. Um, they become more and less popular. They need different things. Uh, so that's kind of our yearly sort of checkup uh, to, to figure out who we can sponsor. Uh, you're correct about Meetup Pro. It didn't exist when we began. Um, uh, I can speak to this just because I kind of helped set that part up. Um, in the beginning, we only used GitHub um, to organize everything. And we still do use GitHub quite a bit, actually. Uh, we use, you know, issues to figure out, like, just, you know, there's an issue to order pizza for C-sharp, you know, <laughs> things like that, right? Um, it's also how we managed our conferences. If you go look at 200OK and Thunder Plains, we have open source repos for both of those conferences, and we handle a lot of the organization through GitHub. But the truth is, is GitHub is very well designed to manage programming, but it did create a barrier for entry for people who were non-programmers and mm -hmm. wanted to be involved. Uh, maybe they were coming from a different angle, like design or they were, you know, project managers or something like that. Mm -hmm. The other thing is um, GitHub doesn't really facilitate uh, kind of like discussion and, and social things to the same degree, especially at the time. I mean, GitHub has improved a lot. I, I, I don't know if you two are coders, uh, but you, you probably know what I'm talking about. I'm yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we both are... Uh... Developers okay. by day, I guess. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, um, so we looked into a lot of solutions. Uh, you know, what what can we do? The good thing about Meetup was is most groups already have a Meetup. Uh, so one of the things we do with our organization to try to support the user groups is we try to support them with the Meetup Pro account if they're if we're sponsoring them, basically. Um, hmm. And Meetup Pro is also very very new. It's not perfect yet. Um, like they just rolled out the ability to email their members uh, like last week. Um, wow. So I actually was in some conversations with their uh, product designers in, and they called me from New York basically and were like, hey, we noticed you're Meetup Pro. And um, they, it's very interesting because the Meetup Pro sort of domain model was designed for like Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts where they like, it's the same thing, but it's replicated in lots of different cities. Mm -hmm not where it's a lot of different meetups in one city. So they found the way that we organized very fascinating because it's not as common, um, you know, from their point of view. Uh, and also the fact that I was a developer and I could talk to them about what they were doing because we were having to call their API to like populate a calendar. But, you know, one of the advantages of Meetup Pro is you had the, you know, the version three API so you could get aggregate data. Mm -hmm. um, and they also have a dashboard. And that's one of the ways that we kind of keep track of kind of engagement and stuff like that. That's the high level thing. Is there anything you want to add to? Like you, you're in there quite a bit in the dashboard. I don't know what to add. Mm -hmm. That's sort of the, the short version, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting that you guys uh, kind of started out using GitHub as your main source for kind of collaboration and discussions around the community. I, I think we've toyed with, with doing that for a while. I think a challenge that Techno always has is, a, you know, there's the competition of the tools and which one is actually going to be useful or people going to log into, you know. If we have, you know, seven board members and only three of us are technical, GitHub is kind of yeah. moot at that point. Uh, but then it's like, okay, are you guys actually going to log into Asana? If we set up an Asana account, are you going to log into Todoist or whatever the next checklist app <laughs> that we have going on at the time is yeah do you do you think well go, going back to that like the meetup dashboard and stuff is that um help me is that like a better match for the kind of organizational structure that you're needing do you want to take that or? um 
Well, for us, uh, the dashboard is really um, handy for like end-of-year reviews and just seeing how many people attended each user group. Um, we also get other stats like um, like age, um, like city, uh, previous RSVPs, that kind of thing. So it's really helpful um, to communicate with sponsors and kind of organize the groups around it. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, it, the best thing that we get out of it is kind of a overview of all the groups we have in the organization. And there's, you know, of course, meetups not perfect. You know as well as I do that like 40 people will RSVP, but like 20 will show up or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it does give us a general idea as to kind of what engagement is in different areas. How much pizza to buy? And how much pizza to buy? Believe <laughs> <laughs> okay, it or not, options. that's like the hardest question. <laughs> it's like all they're only, you know, in programming, it's hard to name things. And when you're running a user group, it's hard to figure out how much pizza to buy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so um, it also helps us communicate. Like when we were just running user groups, we didn't really it wasn't our responsibility to communicate to possible you know, donors and sponsors why they should do it. And that's one of the biggest changes that has come from sort of like working together and uh, kind of asking people like, look at this community as a whole. Uh, these are all different pieces of the tech community and working yeah. together. And if you wanna support this, um, this is why you should. Um, you should do it because there's 33 groups across four cities. Uh, you should do it because um, you know, we know how many people tend to show up at these groups and how many people tend to show up at these other groups. Um, we can look at what the topics were and we can say, okay, okay, CJS talked about GraphQL. That's, you know, an emerging technology and it's very relevant. Uh, so the part of our job, which is kind of translating, and you know, I very jokingly call it moon speak, but, you know, technology speak <laughs> to other folks that maybe they, they haven't, uh, you know, engaged yet or you know, they, they want to engage, or maybe they are not a technologist, but they are interested in possibly sponsoring or supporting us or something like that. It's a really invaluable piece in that sort of translation. Layer. It's still our job to translate it, uh, but it makes it a lot easier because it kind of correlates a lot of data into one place. Speaking of um, GitHub, one of the reasons why we went with that is because we actually made templates for um, user group websites mm -hmm. to help other groups get up and running just really fast. And not oh, everybody that is in the Techloma community is a programmer. So like we've got um, like security professionals and we were able to just like clone a repo and just be like, all right, here you go. We're going to work on it together. Um, other groups have found it really useful. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, it's true. Uh, GitHub pages is like the best. <laughs> yeah, everything <laughs> is so, Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so if you were to look at OKCJS, um, Ruby, they're doing their own thing. They're um, using the C Sharp group. C Sharp group. B sides, Thunderplanes. Oh, Python too. Python, right. yeah. Um, all of them are based upon um, the same Hexo templates that, you know, one of the things we wanted to do is, so the the OKC Sharp group didn't start until after Techlum had been created. Uh, sometime previously, there was like a kind of a Microsoft.net group, but that one went away. Um, and then some folks in the area were like, hey, I want to start back up again. One of their criteria was is they wanted to be able to talk about things uh, like at the time mono was an option for c sharp programmers but you didn't see it represented at a typical dotnet meetup because it was an open source technology and on some level it was kind of competing um they wouldn't talk about something like unity 3d which does use you know c sharp syntax on the inside of it 
Um, and they, at the time, were not as open to uh, JavaScript and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. obviously changed quite a lot. Um, so they wanted to start out. So I'm pointing this out because it's a really good example. We did this for lots of groups. As we said, okay, you want to start a group. Because everyone else involved in Techloma has been running groups for a long time, we have a lot of, for lack of a better term, best practices that you can mm-hmm. follow, and it's just going to save you a lot of pain. Little little things like um, when you make accounts, don't use your personal account for everything. Use a organization account. So if you ever like move away or something, it's very easy to transfer permissions. Um, we can get a website for you up and running very quickly uh, by using uh, you know something like Hexo and putting it on GH pages. Mm-hmm. Um, we can get you started on Meetup, and that's a really good way to engage your members. Um, we can help you find a space, which is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we can help you estimate um, how much pizza to buy based upon previous meetups, uh, and this is kind of how we do it. Um, we have a code of conduct that you can adopt that um, everyone's really worked on. Well, I say everyone. Amanda basically wrote it. <laughs> um, uh, but it's an aggregation of a lot of things we've learned from just all these groups. So, And then, of course, make sure you have not just you running the group, but try to find some volunteers to help. So we basically said, find two volunteers, people that on a sick day or something like that, they can cover for you or you know, divide up the work. You take all this stuff and put it together, and it becomes kind of like a, a user group factory, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, where, and I mean that in the programming sense, not in the sort of like, you know, soulless, <laughs> I pull the <laughs> crank yeah. sense. Um, New user group. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So um, by doing this, we knew that the, because before we had this, user groups would come and go. They were very ephemeral. Like maybe they'd meet a few times and then they would go away or they would have a hard time mm-hmm. with starting velocity. Or one of these things would be a, a permanent blocker, like the, the space was probably one of the biggest blockers. Yeah, we've had some um, big spaces go away. So it was like a whole community problem. And one reason why we wanted to tackle them is because it felt like we were all trying to solve the same problem. And working together gave us better solutions faster than, you know, not talking at all. Yeah, well put. That's exactly right. And then on top of all of this, um, the Oklahoma City and Tulsa communities, which in the state of Oklahoma, um, the two kind of largest cities are Oklahoma City and Tulsa. Uh, the third largest would be Lawton. Um, these communities before Techlahoma, you know, some of the extremophiles like myself would, would drive from city to city and up in Tulsa, there was Luke and a few folks. Um, but we wanted, to, we had a vision of unifying these communities to a greater degree than they currently were. Yeah. Um, that, you know, so that's one of the reasons we started things like our, our Slack, like slack.techlahoma.org, was yeah. to get everyone in the same place, just talking on a regular basis. Yeah, we've got uh, over a thousand members in that Slack right now, and new groups start in there. Um, we organize the user groups, uh, we organize conferences, and we organize Techlahoma itself, actually, in Slack. So we have a statewide mission now, um, and the goal is to, uh, and and one of the things that we're we've yet to do, uh, but it's been in our crosshair since day one, is to increase the accessibility of tech in rural areas and places where folks may not be as, as lucky to to live in a large city where it's more likely to happen. And I say large city, relatively speaking. I mean, uh, Oklahoma City is the is the 25th largest, and I think Tulsa is somewhere 47 or 46. Mm-hmm. So not large by you know, big enough, right? Like big right. enough to support I mean, yeah. all these sorts of meetups. And um, and the other thing is uh, we've tried to sort of listen to 
um, other areas that are doing the same thing as well. Um, that's one of the reasons why we're so excited to be on this podcast. It's like really interesting that you're in Texas doing the same thing. We like finding counterparts is so rare. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It's um, kind of eerie. In sure, a way. <laughs> um, Norfolk JS and um, is it Sacramento? Sacramento. Uh, they've uh, you, you know you go to these conferences like you know you go to, like JS Conf or something like that. Back in the day. Yeah. Well, yeah. Back in the day, of course. And you meet these folks that are community organizers, and they're they're going through the exact same stuff. Like, just the problems are truly identical, which is not shocking. Uh, so, you know, we compare notes, we try to pull it all together, and I know that's been it's been kind of a run-on answer. Um, but if you can kind of chain all these answers together, it it forms a circle, and inside of that is Techlehome. That is <laughs> that's what we are. That's beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, that, that sounds a lot like, um, so I, I was part of this thing for a long time in Salem called Startup Weekend, and they yeah. used to do these um, annual summits where they would bring all the uh, organizers and facilitators together, you know, so one year was in Vegas, one year was in Kansas City, and it was a way to, yeah, solve these problems that these startup communities are having. So, you know, how do you get the local universities more involved? How do you work with municipalities and governments? How do you, you know, energize your kind of startup community and get entrepreneurs more excited about, you know, starting companies? And, and uh, man, maybe we need to start one of those for tech, nonprofit, something. No. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask because I think that those kind of steps and procedures that you outlined, um, I think, are in many ways that's kind of the first several hurdles that you have to get over when you're, I think, trying to form some, some organization like that. Um, did, did, um, working on these kind of things like on, on GitHub, did you find that that helped, uh, are those, and is that kind of documentation that's available now in like a living document or um, what's that look like? Well, um, and I know Je Jesse has to take off soon, so. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, I actually snuck off just for a second to oh. message the people in Slack that I was going to be a little bit late. So we got about 10 minutes. Um, so as far as GitHub is concerned, there's definitely quite a few living documents on there um, related to the organization. The most obvious is like our code of conduct. We've had to refine that thing quite a lot yeah. over the years just because we encounter new new things that are kind of worth mention. Uh, and, and the other thing is um, we were, in my opinion, kind of one of the early adopters of just making it a big deal to have a code of conduct. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you start seeing them everywhere. And then we're like, OK, well, let's go look at their code base, for lack of a better term, and, and see if there's anything important that we should probably integrate and, and think about. Um, so that's that's one of the living documents. Um, we use GitHub to keep track of all of our board minutes and things like that, just a lot of the decision making that happens. Uh, and we we like it being on GitHub because it's open and people can kind of see what just what we talk about and what we're doing. Yeah, it's if you wade through it, you kind of see just struggles like, mm -hmm. you know, booking venue, sponsorship, fundraising. Mm -hmm. um, as far as the user groups, um, a lot of just sort of our day to day is captured in terms of GitHub issues, which is, you know, a lot of the people who are running, you know, these groups, you know, they already live on, you know, GitHub like Slack and that bell with a green dot on GitHub rule everything around me, and I know I'm not alone. Um, I don't think that dot will ever go away. It's just how it is. Like, I think one time I saw that bell without a green dot. You know, <laughs> um, so that, those are 
to some degree kind of like you know evidence of, of activity um and then just lots of little things like whenever we have a conference um you know we put up a hexo site and stuff like that and then oh lo and behold one of the speakers decides to change their bio so they just make a pull request yeah. <laughs> like, how nice is yeah, that yeah they update their photo <laughs> with a pull request um so this year uh we used github uh kanban board yeah uh, the projects to- yeah, yeah. Um, in past years, uh, we were using Trello, but um, it's so easy now, just kind of like doing it all in one spot. Uh, we don't um, have anything right now, I think, on best practices, but I gave a talk in Nebraska kind of on some some higher level kind of things. Yeah, I think there's a video out there. It was the first Nebraska JS. Very nervous. Oh, wow. <laughs> we have a really amazing. We'll put that in our was... notes. <laughs> yeah, or if there's slides for it, I would love to see those. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think they're out there. We can get them yeah, some we can find you some slides. Um, awesome. One of the best things about Oklahoma is, you know, when we tried to kind of like elevate coordination between all the groups and all the cities in Oklahoma, just kind of as a natural extension, we found ourselves you know, interfacing with other communities in other states. Um, for instance, Wichita, um, there's a guy up there named Seth Editor, and uh, not not just him, but a number of folks, but he's probably running most of the user groups. Um, and, uh, you know, in Kansas City, uh, you know, Jennifer Wadella is mm-hmm. doing a lot of organizing there. And in Omaha, uh, you know, uh, Nick Nisi and Zach Leatherman uh, and a number of other folks up there are doing organizing. And basically we got to where there's this kind of midwest just group of folks that are they're all trying to do the same thing they're trying to raise visibility of their communities in this area because we're not coastal but there are people in these areas working on serious problems you know you know writing the same code as as anyone else and um you know so we've been trying to share a lot of notes with them and by doing teclahoma it has put us in a position where we've we've had to talk to these folks and had is really not the right word. We've been, you know, privileged and lucky to talk to these folks. Uh, so yeah, we have all kind of become friends. Um, yeah. Like, you know, some of us had families at the same time. So we've kind of just seen the whole community grow and other groups in different states like um, San Diego JS, like they'll like our tweets from OKCJS and we'll like Brooklyn JS's tweets. Like mm-hmm. it's nice, uh, it's, has kind of connected us um, all throughout the US. One of our goals was to have Oklahoma kind of like engage in the greater technology community. It's one of the reasons we did Thunder Plains in the first place was to have Oklahoman speakers Mm -hmm. and also fly in speakers from other areas and, you know, share knowledge and and do what you do at conferences are supposed to do. And that's been incredibly, uh, incredibly successful. Uh, So but if there's anything I can take away from this, it's that. Um, everyone's kind of trying to do the same thing. Uh, they have a lot of the same problems and the same desires. Um, you know, they want to support their community. They want to elevate their community and make it the best it can be. They want to keep their community safe. You know, when groups start, they want to make sure that those groups are successful. And in some sense, we're no different than any other area in that respect. Um, we took kind of a novel approach, which was, which is not really that novel now that we're finding groups like yourself, but. You know, we started a nonprofit, and it was really, really hard. I'm sure you probably can relate. Um, <clears throat> um, so, yeah, we did that. And, of course, there's a lot of challenges that go along with that. It's just a huge amount of time sacrifice and, and things like that. Um, but the benefits have been a, a 
huge amount of cohesion. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's kind of a lot of processes that are in place to make sure the organization stays cohesive and things like that. Just, just kind of inherited from how to run a nonprofit. Uh, so I don't know if that answered your question, but it's certainly an answer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's... Um... That's so inspiring. I mean, I'm literally just sitting here like, yeah, we need to do that. We need to do that. Uh, that's amazing. Um, so it it sounds like really not keeping things kind of at a in a hyper local level it has has helped you guys grow and, and actually like developing that larger network is, um, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, like you said, I think it's people are kind of people and they're all you know, kind of need have the same needs more or less. So if, if you can come up with some kind of structure that like ad- addresses that, then it makes sense that someone would just be able to adopt it pretty quickly. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Spin <laughs> it up. <laughs> yeah. It's easy to uh, just quickly improve and iterate when you have other people to talk to. Like before uh, Tecklahoma even started, Jesse and I went down to Tulsa one day for a conference and we talked to Luke Crouch and he told us that the Tulsa web devs had a lot of success getting new speakers by doing lightning talks mm-hmm. and it kind of took the pressure off people instead of doing an hour long mm-hmm. you know, presentation, they were doing five or 10 minutes and we started doing that at OKCJS and we've seen folks go from lightning talks to full presentations to national conferences to international conferences oh, yeah. and we wouldn't have had that kind of growth if we just didn't find new friends to talk to yeah yeah it's really funny because lightning talks are so common now but this was um many years ago it's like 2010 or 2011 yeah it was it was before Techlahoma really it was Techlahoma, and he was like you should try lightning talks and i think i was like what are those <laughs> like um same thing with like when i heard about open spaces for the first time yeah. i was like what even is that um, we had to go see it for ourselves. I didn't um, think it was going to work the Texas. first time. Yeah, I was worried. It, I didn't know people would go for it. It was very popular. We actually so had a open spaces track at Thunder Plains this year, and it was really great. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it was crazy. It was like a two-hour time span. We had like thirty-something speakers, just like boom. We had a little gong. We hit it after each one. We hit time. Oh, we had we had a lot of different things present. Like we had a journalist give a talk. Yeah. That like was who attended our conference? Yeah. And these are folks who I think they know they've got something to share, but the pressure was on. It was one day. It was fun. It wasn't like, you know, OKCJS where it's all serious and you got to be smarty pants. You know? <laughs> and you think OKCJS <laughs> is serious? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I'm talking about from an outside point of view. Sure, sure. We, one of the things we did early in OKCJS is lifespan. And it's funny because you can actually see us get a little more mature as the years go. It's because we had less time. That's probably true. Like the first year of posters, it's like, people's faces shopped onto like double dragon like box art and stuff like that and a lot of it's really uncanny valley like it's almost like unnerving <laughs> like um, yuri the guy that was working on uh, yuri Delidnik, yeah. yeah he's so in he, some way yeah 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 he's one of our um kind of local wizards like he works on pdf js mm-hmm. and um processing js and stuff like that so wow. We don't see him very often, but he kind of like pops up and he's like, who wants their mind blown? And we're like, uh, we do. And so he does. <laughs> and so like the last time he did this, um, uh, like he showed up and he was like, hey, have you guys ever heard of Awesome JS? Check this out. And then he like showed us like Doom running in our browser. No, it was Quake running in our browser. And then inside of that game, there is a Flash game that these two <laughs> players. Uh, and I was just like, how are you like you are? <laughs> um, anyways, very early on he comes he talks about processing js 
And um, I think it took the Power Blade box art from that old Nintendo game and put his face on it. So Beefcake Yuri will forever be on the internet um, because of his speaking at OKCJS. And as time goes on, we got a little more serious. Group grew. Well, those posters took Jesse like a full day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I should admit that. Like, they're not very good. But yeah, they oh, did yeah. take a long time. That's how I feel. <laughs> so lost inside of Photoshop. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like, I mean, just, just to kind of compare, I mean, how Techno uh, had started versus how you guys got started, I feel like you guys had a really great community base to begin with, and you had a lot of, you know, players involved who were already kind of building their own micro-communities um, through these user groups, and then you guys were like, hey, let's just glue them all together using this thing called Techlahoma. Um and so Techno, it kind of started how there were a few of us doing different things. Like I was doing a lot of Startup Weekend stuff. We had another group who was trying to start a co-working space. We had another group who wanted to do more tech events in the area. Um, and we were like, man, we should just like join together and start a nonprofit because we want to run a conference similar to Tech Planes, uh, or sorry, Thunder Planes. Um, and, uh, and we just kind of went from there. But a challenge for us is that it's uh, it's we find it difficult to kind of market ourselves to the community and I think get more more tech people involved or at least out of the woodworks and and we've been working on that for the past few years and every year you get a little more you know we have a big slack group we have a big meetup group but um you know I'm curious how do you guys kind of interface um and and get the community more involved even new members I mean is it usually through user like through a specific user group or do they come directly to Techlahoma looking for kind of like technology mm-hmm. meetups and they find a group they want to run with that's a really good question um so in january you know okay cjs turned six we still get new members who have never heard of us so it's definitely it's not you like it just it takes a long time for this information to like uh yeah. make its way through um one thing <clears throat> that we've done is we have uh, active twitter um and we have a website you know i try to write some blog posts about you know what we've been up to workshops we've put on programs we've put on and i try to think about like if folks were trying to find a community what would they be asking Mm -hmm. um so i've tried to put those answers already in place but one thing we've done is we went to votex uh, we met the teachers and we told them, hey, these are free resources. Mm-hmm. You and your students can come and engage. Uh, we started advising high schools on like their CS programs. Yeah. Uh, and we then started going out to universities and talking to their capstone students um, for CS programs. Mm-hmm. And for the um, general public, uh, just tweeting about like, hey, if you know someone who's interested in tech, come out to this um, user group. In the past, we had OKCJS, and it was like, uh, it was, I feel like our main group. Um, it's really. Well, in OKC. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was like <clears throat> really friendly, very inclusive, but some of the talks were a little more high level. Mm-hmm. Um, so some students would attend, and they would, you know, be told by the professor, like, it's okay if you don't know everything you're going to talk about. It's mm-hmm. like bleeding edge. This is what they do all day, every day. They get paid to do this. Like, mm-hmm. don't feel. But now we have free code camp. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And this is just a local brigade from uh, like the whole national uh, organization. But mm-hmm. uh, code for OKC, code for Tulsa, code for Muskogee. These are, um, I feel like, better entry points for very new people um, yeah. or people who are investigating if the 
tech industry is even right for them or where they want to fit in t- into it. Yeah, and just to kind of add to that, um, the, the first thing was we needed to make sure that we had entry-level groups. And by that, I mean, um, you know, so groups that are not geared to talk about necessarily the latest and greatest and bleeding edge, but to cover fundamentals mm-hmm. in, the, in the truest sense of the word. So Free Code Camp was one. Um, typically, at the time, we had one called Nerdy Girls that was in a very similar... Oh, it was Code Club. It's now She yeah. Codes. Um, it's now called She Codes. And just That's days right. ago, um, some CS <clears throat> student, you know, was talking to us on Twitter, and I said, like, hey, why don't you come out to this? And now she is, on, like, yeah. Sunday, yeah. Uh, Refresh uh, OKC was one that we had that was kind of for, like, dev designers. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing that made it more accessible was is... Sometimes they would cover, you know, fundamentals of design. Sometimes they'd cover fundamentals of code. But it was also a place where, like, I gave a talk there that was everything I learned about coding I learned while studying music, right? So these wow. kind of esoteric talks that were almost were like kind of TED talky in nature, right, would be very welcome there. And this is a good point of entry as well. So the first thing was making sure you have groups that were not super advanced, right? Um, so that way, if someone's interested in getting started in the tech industry, there's plenty of points of engagement. If you can't have a group like that already ready to go, like having a special event, mm-hmm. or it's just very basic things, like uh, tweet us your questions, we're going to go over like 101 yeah. stuff. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't continue to do advanced groups. Yeah. Like that's, that's one of the biggest draws is for people who are already in the tech industry. It's a way for them to get, uh, you know, better and better. And, and you grow. Yeah. But, um. So the the point is is that there's got to be a point of entry and then a clear path of kind of progression. <clears throat> so that's the first thing. The second thing is you mentioned we were in the advisory communities. Um, we were in the advisory community for More Norman Technology and Francis Tuttle, and Putnam, City. Uh, Putnam City High School. These educators, it turns out, are they want people in the industry to come out and teach their classes or serve on their advisory community or just anything they can they can get to make their job you know, more effective. And so anytime we would get a contact, like we would know someone that knew someone. And uh, like, for instance, one of the ones we went to was OU, we went out to the uh, the capstone class uh, for the CS students. And that was like a, just a golden contact because we went out, a whole bunch of Techlahoma um, members and officers went out and we were able to answer technical questions, but that most of the questions were about what's it like in the industry? Like, where do you go to get work? Um, yeah. What are some user groups that are popular? Like, they couldn't believe we had an active tech community. Yeah. <laughs> Most of them were planning on leaving Oklahoma. Um, we were like, just, us. just give us a couple of months. Like, come out to something before you yeah. leave. And then another misconception was that Oklahoma only had a strong presence in energy, oil, basically. This just wasn't true. Um, you know, if you're around here enough, you find out there's people, you know, in aerospace. At the time, I was working in telecom. Um, I mean, really, just pretty much anything you want, like too. Media, meteorology, healthcare, yeah. uh, environmental banking, monitoring. Uh, it's all it's all over there. It's all over the place. Um, so, it was the first piece of evidence that they had that no, there really are people in the city right now, living their life, like making a living, doing this kind of work uh, in a wide variety of ways. One of the first people that were out there has a video game company. Uh, it was the first uh, very successful HTML5 game company was out of Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. um, Goldfire. Yep. Uh, so that's the episode. The first thing, like I said, is make sure you have good entry points. The second thing is um, try to get out of the tech ecosystem and maybe into like education and some of these other places to just kind of evangelize the tech community and, and just share what you know. Um, and then the final thing is to make sure that you're utilizing um, 
as many technology and social media vectors as you can. So she mentioned Twitter. Well, everyone, it's like, Twitter's a funny place. It's like early adopters are 14 year old girls and, you know, programmers. <laughs> you know, like everyone in tech is on Twitter for whatever reason. Um, yeah. Now everyone is, but it, you know, it, there was a time when it was just like programmers and, you know, my, <laughs> yeah, my, my cousin's friends. Um, <laughs> Oh, and we um, started Slack too. Yeah, that's so right. This has been a really good way that we've done some outreach to one rural uh, members of the community mm -hmm. and students and teachers. They're able to engage when they can. Um, they can join channels as they <laughs> see fit. Like if they have a, a JavaScript homework problem, you know, and they need help debugging, you know, they can come post. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Meetup itself is useful because right. people discover things when Meetup. And um, it shows similar groups mm -hmm. too. Having having yeah. a website helps. Like just having any website um, just is evidence that <laughs> you're a group and you're doing. It. Yeah, you've got, you've got yeah. a nice website for technology. So. Oh yeah, it's Thanks. real nice. It's nice, yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, the thing is, is no one of these things is correct. We've tried a lot of stuff. I will tell you this: um, we've tried LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn is mostly recruiters. It's interesting because there's a lot of people who want to support Oklahoma that are on LinkedIn, so it's important for us to have a presence. Um, but the people who tend to attend the groups for the sake of like just you know doing more programming, we tend to find them by other means. Um, they're on Instagram too. They're on Instagram. Yeah. Um, Facebook was was kind of half and half. Like so, a lot of people just don't use Facebook. Um, but um, that's that's another place to to kind of broadcast or kind of a, an information radiator yeah and um, uh you can put events on there and create you know groups it's changed a little bit over the years when okcjs started mm -hmm. we had just a small little facebook group where we would announce like here's a meetup um you know tell us any questions you have sign up for lightning talks and we've kind of grown to other platforms sure um and uh if you are able to you are you really? Yeah. Uh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Jesse has to go. Yeah. Hey, thanks, um, Jesse. <laughs> no problem. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for letting yeah. me join. Um, so for Facebook, uh, we have this Google event going on tomorrow, and I made a, an event because you're going to be reaching folks outside of your regular kind of tech bubble that way. So it's good. And tell your members, like, hey, if you know of anyone interested in, like, you know, a startup weekend, like, the folks here are nice. Tell them to join. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, kind of, kind of going into that. Um, I mean, how do you? So there, I, I have like sticky notes, just like I'm writing questions down. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so uh, there, there are two things that I wanted to touch on. One was the conference, and another one was was sponsors. Um, I think the conference is probably a little more long-winded, but so I'll, I'll start with my sponsor one. Um, how, so when you guys started Oklahoma and you're a nonprofit now, um, you mentioned that whenever you start to approach sponsors, uh, you know, you're using data from like Meetup, like here's how many groups we have, here's how many members we have, here's how many attendees we have. Um, I mean, are there any other like analytics you use or how, how do you appeal to the sponsors and what type of sponsors do you usually uh, go after or what type of sponsors usually end up supporting you guys? Oh, so... Um for the data that they care about like they want to know um some of them are like local companies looking to hire people so we'll say like well we've talked about this this and this um you can come picture you know job opening in the first minute of our group 
some of them, I feel like we've had a lot of recruiting firms actually. So they'll come out. Um, they like to try to connect folks to businesses, and you know, businesses may not have the time to attend these, you know, meetups. Uh, we also, so aside from numbers, like folks love photos. Like when you have <laughs> a crowd, just all together, happy, like they're having a good time, they're learning, you know, like I think folks want to kind of, you know, get in on that. They want to be there and they want to meet people. Uh, we don't have a ton of sponsors, um, which is interesting enough, like for most of the OKC groups, uh, Oklahoma just totally sponsors them. So those donations that we get from the community, they go straight back. Uh, our conferences do uh, get several more uh, sponsors. Um, so we've approached them and we've said like, you know, we'll post uh, a message to our Twitter account. Here's how many folks will see it. Here's how many folks will attend. Um, you know, have a booth. You can meet the people that, you know, you'll probably want to hire. Uh, yeah, Tulsa's done really, really well with sponsors. Um, They've run a couple of workshops in the past year, like um, the Django Girls and Railsbridge. Mm -hmm. um, and they're meeting the local tech companies, telling them, like, invest in these people. Like, these all-women workshops, like, those are going to be your future employees. So, like, come meet them now. Yeah, yeah that's a good way to frame it. Um, yeah, so so going to the, the conference, I mean, uh, what kind of... <laughs> What led you guys to start a conference like Thunder Plains and how did you guys kind of go about organizing that? Like what was the mission of, of the conference? You know, did you have any um, ideal attendees? Like how many attendees we, do we want to try and hit uh, for this, this conference and how long have you guys been doing that? Yeah, how did it start? Um, so it was a really um, kind of like serendipitous start. There was, uh, you know, a tech community here before Oklahoma. Um, it was kind of like a more broad, more general, like folks kind of knew of each other. I don't know if they interconnected, but um, we had a guy who was running a co-working space called the Poco. He put on, um, I think it was a 50-person JavaScript group, uh, sorry, JavaScript conference in 2011 called RedDirt.js. And I think this happened a year after some other folks put on a conference called Red Dirt Ruby. So um, I met Vance at that event. Um, Vance and I were both volunteers, and Jesse was helping out too. And we said, like, you know, we should be doing this, like, every month. Like, a bunch of folks are coming out. Um, there's a lot of things happening in JavaScript land. Like, this was so long ago. This is, like... We're talking about like jQuery versus like new tools and like wow. I just it's all it's old school yeah yeah um uh so after that one day conference um and I think it had like six speakers or something we we're just blown away and like something like this could happen here so um the month after that uh so that happened in November in January we had the very first day group start and I don't think we expected um really a, a big turnout or anything we were just like i want to meet new friends i want to talk about javascript i want to get better you know it's kind of it's easy to find yourself in an information silo especially i think in the midwest like 
you know, tech is growing exponentially. Like lots of people are in the workforce, lots of people are starting to learn, but you know, you got to get out of the house sometime and yeah. meet folks. Uh, so we started doing that. We expected to have like five people show up and we had 72. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my gosh. It was nuts. We were taking photos. Like I couldn't believe it. Um, and it was more than the conference and it blew our minds. Um, so after a few months of that, we were talking about doing, you know, our own tech conference. Uh, the Coco had closed down. Um, and the Coco is, is the co-working space in... Yeah, yeah. Um, it's this really common problem we seem to have where co-working spaces or places where we meet get um, priced out of their buildings. Right. So yeah. the place where like the community kind of gathers together, it just like will evaporate based on, you know, landlord increasing their rent. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. so much, um, that's, we had to start our own co-working space, like, so we could give Tecklahoma a home. Um, no regrets. Totally happy we did. It's tough um, learning the ins and out of nonprofits plus business, but I think the community's prospered, so it was worth it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, after OKCJS, uh, it had been going really well for a few months. Uh, we thought, you know, let's try our own conference. So we did. It was really small. Um, the first couple of years, it was like, you know, one track, then we grew it to uh, three tracks, and then three tracks again, then we grew it to two days, and then um, November last month, we did uh, two tracks, one day again. Uh, really, the amount of um, attendees that we wanted was just kind of like, you know, venue capacity. Mm-hmm. As many people, you know, as want to show up, that's that's what we're aiming for. Um, numbers that have worked well for us would be like 100 to 200 to 250. Uh, and we'll get some folks from like Tulsa or like... Um, Wichita or Texas, like some people will drive in. We've had people fly in from like California, Nebraska, uh, which is really nice to like, you know, meet some of our neighbors. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, it's uh, been going on for five years. This last conference was our fifth on our plans. Oh, wow. So, whew, yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think you've learned over the past five years? Um, <laughs> just in one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest takeaway. Um, so, um, I we've just learned a lot of ways, uh, like to fail and to get back up again. I guess. Yeah. Um, it's always like a learning uh, journey for us. Uh, this last year, I felt like it was our um, best one yet, but it like you know it, it took five years to get to, you know, the day of the conference, like, I'm not freaking out, like, you know, everything's pretty fun, <laughs> you know. But, um, there's been conferences, like, in the past where I see zero talks because, yeah. like, a, you know, like, a speaker, you know, needs to be picked up or we forgot, like, a like an extension cord or something or, you know, something needs to happen, like, yeah. a sponsor, like, forgot their swag prizes. That's that um, putting out fires that you were talking about Yeah, earlier. yeah. Um, <laughs> This time, okay, so we did live streaming this year and last year, and this is totally new to the community, but um, our amazing volunteer, Ben, he needed some cord that we had left at the co-working space, so I was like 30 minutes to start. I was like out in my car trying to go get it and come back, 
we were only a couple of minutes late, but yeah, it was it was pretty wild. It was it's fun in a um, hectic kind of way. Um, it's like nice chaos. That's what conferences are. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if folks are interested in starting one, um, I would say try to start small. Like if you can do a small one day event, um, like test the waters. Like, of course, do like you know your user groups first. Um, yeah, I, I was going to ask about that. If you think the like what the feedback loop between user groups and the conference or Techlahoma attendance and membership looks like. Yeah, yeah, that's a great, great question. Um, for us, a lot of running a conference, that kind of knowledge came from running user groups. So um, we had a year where it was like, you know, we were getting our feet wet. We were learning how to organize, how to find speakers, how to organize the community, like the need for a code of conduct, um, how to do announcements, how to get the word out. Like we had to kind of beta test that with OKCJS first. And we also went to a lot of other conferences. Um, so Jesse speaks a lot. I like I've spoken once. Um, it was uh, really awesome and kind of terrifying. Uh, <laughs> I would recommend it. Go go try it. Yeah. Um, so we learned what it looked like for other conferences to do well um, and things we thought you know we might be able to think about and improve upon. We went to the JS comp. Um, like many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. And that is such a huge conference. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just, like it would knock your socks off just to go. Uh, the fact that like a team of people, like, it was like a small team, but like they pulled it off. We were like, if we just scale down. Like we could probably do something, you know? Um, but yeah, uh, a lot of the people who attended the meetups became conference attendees. Uh, a lot of the talks that we saw other meetups do, um, or that we saw at other conferences, uh, we were able to kind of see what the industry wanted to learn, um, where our jobs were headed, and those are topics that we would choose. Uh, and going to other tech conferences also helped us meet speakers. So um, some just like big name folks, like we got to meet them in person and like tell them like, hey, I loved your talk. I hope you'll submit to the Thunder Plains. It's in Oklahoma. I know what it sounds like. It's cooler than you think. Um, <laughs> um, and it worked. Yeah, meeting people in person, it totally worked. That's really cool. So you had kind of like an ambassadorship almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, like uh, meeting folks at conferences and then getting those folks or their friends to like come apply. Some of them would get uh, selected. Then they would go back home. They would like, you know, kind of tell their tech community about us. Um, I met um, so Brooklyn JS. Uh, mm-hmm. They had an interesting problem where they were um, accepting donations for tickets, but they didn't have a nonprofit. So, like, managing money is something like they were thinking about. And I met um, Mariko at uh, a JS comp. Oh, yeah, I was telling her about like how we handle money and like, you know, doing a nonprofit. Um, like here are some books that I read. Here are some classes that like I've had to go take at like a local nonprofit center. Um, here are some tax documents you should go check out. Uh, it was um, like really enlightening just to be able to share some of this info. She went back to Brooklyn JS um, the meetup group and she was telling them like, hey, like you all should go apply. Um, like Jen Shipper spoken. She had a good time. Right. Um, and Amanda like 
go go talk to them. And then Mariko herself came and spoke. So like oh. getting out there, um, meeting the greater tech community, and uh, it takes time. But like Twitter, like meeting folks online, like yeah. meeting the other community organizers, um, it's helped. It's helped with the conference and with the nonprofit itself. That's so cool. I I love that there's this community kind of mindset that's emerging and I feel like it's one of the places that people are caring about the right things. Yeah. In, in like a really awesome way and yeah, through stuff like Twitter you you have that kind of we're we're all kind of learning from each other, I think. So, it's really awesome to like be able to talk to you and Jesse and like get all this like oh. wealth of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, we're totally online. So like, if you ever need anything, um, come, come talk to us or like pop into our Slack or anything. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, um, awesome. I, I have just one more question only because it's a similar, um, it, uh, I don't want to call it an issue, a similar scenario that mm-hmm. Denton is kind of running through right now. Um, mm-hmm. where we, uh, techno originally started where we're like, okay, we're going to try and address, uh, three main needs. We're going to address, um, you know, kind of the tech community in general and help, you know, provide more education um, for techs and tech and startup. Um, mm-hmm. Also engage the, uh, you know, universities and education and students in general because we felt there was a pretty big gap between what the local universities were teaching and what, you know, the modern technology world is actually using. Um, and then in addition, starting uh, a co-working space in our, in our town. Um, and so we took a very bootstrapped approach to creating a, a co-working space where um, we, uh, our president at the time was running these kind of like, je- we call them jellies. I don't know if you've ever heard of a jelly, but it's like an ad hoc co-working, I right? You go meet term. up at a coffee shop or a cafe or something and it's like, no. hey, we're going we're gonna to go work at, you know, at this time it was a place called Banter. Um, we're going to go work at Banter for the day. And so everyone just kind of shows up and works out of the cafe for the day um and so we were really really good friends with them and we're like hey if we paid you guys some money can we like put these two conference tables like in the corner of your building and charge people to sit at them (laughs) and they were like sure and so uh you know in in exchange we you know we paid them kind of like rent i guess for this space for these two conference tables and then in exchange they gave us discounts for like you know our members to get on food and then we we had upgraded the router to like an enterprise grade router so we wouldn't take down the wi-fi um <laughs> and so it was, it was a really great relationship we had um and so then we had upgraded to you know another space where we shared uh, a building with um an agency and so it was like half co-working and a half uh kind of like digital agency and um around the same time Techmill had been running a lot of these kind of like uh, startup events and like getting in the newspapers and the media for at least locally about what was going on and yeah. our city uh, like the city council was like hey that's really cool um, we should really kind of tap into this tech you know movement that's going on mm-hmm. and so they put aside a bunch of money to build out a co-working space so wow. fast fast forward you know a couple of years um, you know they uh we we thought we would be managing a space. We didn't ended up not managing a space, but because of unrelated reasons. Um, but what kind of worked out was uh, the city 
paid for um, this space to be developed, and so which Dan and I are sitting in right yeah, now. It's, it's where we are it's now. It's where we are. Um, it's called Stoke, and uh, it's really like what it's uh, started by the city, funded by the city for the most part, and then managed by another company. And then Techmill kind of helps do community programming and, and, and stuff. Um, but a, a fear, a fear, a concern mm. is, you know, exactly what you mentioned, where, you know, sometimes you just get priced out of a space or, you know, because we have started it and, and abandoned, you know, two or three co-working spaces already. Um, a really big issue we had starting uh, TechMill or, or, you know, the tech community was the only places you can meet up were like, what's the only coffee shop or bar that has Wi-Fi? <laughs> yeah, yeah you know, like or, or we, you know, we're going to the library. Oh, they're not open on Sundays. Oh, we got to go to this other place, you know, and so, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so what kind of uh decision and processes you guys go through whenever you're you are starting your cover it's called star space 67 is that right um 46 totally 46, close totally close <laughs> almost nailed it no i mean um like i totally refer to it as star space the 46 comes from oklahoma being the 46th state oh that's where it comes from yeah <laughs> is that um, the the red sands also or the red dirt yeah well also. the red star yeah okay Day I learned, yeah. Um, so uh, the tech community, um, a long time ago, uh, like we had a developers group, we had a SQL group, um, we had a SharePoint group, and they were all meeting in like, I think 2009, 2010. Um, that's when like I just kind of first joined. They were meeting at a co-working space um, run by a developer, uh, and then they got priced out. So we had to deal with this. Um, and like the groups kind of like scattered to the wind. Mm-hmm. So some groups are meeting at a library um, up in like the north side of OKC. Some groups were meeting um, in coffee shops on the south side of OKC. And like, you know, like we deal with like a lot of um, sprawl, like, you know, like Texas and Oklahoma, like we have to drive. Um, right. Like it's like not super pedestrian friendly throughout the entire state. So um, having these groups like meet really far away, uh, and plus, like, you know, we weren't really talking online to each other. So it felt like if you're not the same space, like, miss out on all these, like, really great relationships and chances to learn. Um, so we um, recognized this as a need. We've been looking around for spots, um, like, asking our friends, trying to find businesses. We found a place um, in downtown OKC who uh, did rental. And we met there for, like, a year or something. Um Oh, oh, before that, we had to meet at, like, a couple of OTACs. Um, we met once at the library, and it took our 70-person group uh, down to, like, 10. Wow. Like, folks couldn't find parking. Um, they couldn't, like, you know, get off from work. Or, you know, they didn't want to deal with the hassle of finding a new place, I guess. Yeah. Maybe they didn't, like, want to hear about D3 that month or something. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah, no, it, like, totally dropped off. And we're like, we need consistency, like. Folks need this. Um, interesting enough, uh, other states, they um, they don't do this. They meet around at different companies um, uh, because it's a lot to ask, you know, for one place to give you, like, something for free or, you know, that kind of deal. Uh, but anyway, we found a spot um, that did event rentals. We were meeting there, and then they got priced out, and we were like, oh, great. Um, we met at a co-working space up in Edmond for a little bit, and this is, like, OKCJS, and we were trying to find um, – like a good new home for the rest of the community because mm-hmm. if it worked for us, like it wouldn't work for anyone. Um, we had like a, I feel like the largest group out of any other one for um, many years. I think it's still really big. Um, 
but yeah, like if it could hold us, it could hold anyone. Um, so we had to drive all the way up to Edmond and this like was taking us hours. And Jesse and I had moved out to like a more rural town. Mm-hmm. So um, all of this took just a lot of time and a lot of brain power. Um, then we found a maker space and we kind of grew out of it. Um, some of the groups met and, you know, some of them are like five person groups, 10 person, 20 person. But with OKCGS, we had like 90, we had like 102, and their AC wasn't working, and oh, folks no. were standing. It's like, it was Can't have... a moment that people came out, but I also felt very, like, very bad for everyone. Um, it was, you know, a bunch of sorry calls. Anyway, um, we were like, we need a, a permanent solution. We need a spot where we can, um, we had, at that time, we bought chairs. Um, we bought AV gear. Oh, this is a problem that we've been trying to solve for like so many years. Like, can we leave our AV gear stuff here, like, so we can stream? No. Okay, great. So we're gonna bring it in from Motherford every time, and uh, we left our AV gear here. Is everything here? No. Parts have walked away. Um, so we kind of knew we need a space of our own. Um, and um, Tulsa has been very fortunate, and that their community over there. Um, has a co-working um, space now. Uh, the city invested money into it. A lot of partners did. And it's, like, beautiful. And you can tell, like, their whole town cared about this. And it looks really nice. Um, before that, they were meeting at a fabrication lab. Um, but they needed a bigger space, too. Uh, so anyway, um, in OKC, we had to bootstrap it. And um, it was kind of scary uh, in the beginning, it's been open for uh, a year and like two months now. Um, but uh, some of the other folks on the board, they were involved with um, the cocoa and then the 404. The 404 also got priced out. Um, a few groups are meeting there. So um, like we've had experience. Like it's interesting. Like we'll compare notes like what to look for in a contract, how to talk to like a landlord, mm. um, lawyers to use to make sure like you know rent hikes like don't kind of creep out of nowhere um it's been just like a lot of lessons because there's been you know a lot of chances to i guess like make do or or don't um but yeah uh so we've bootstrapped um some companies have like kind of taken notice and sponsored us like cox um gave us a, a really generous donation that allowed us to buy like chairs and tables for the co-working space wow um the community uh has memberships like we've got like like um less expensive ones where if you just like having a co-working space and you don't want it to go away like this is the option for you um that's so, that's so good yeah um yeah and it's uh it really i think all kind of depends on the folks that you work with like the whole team for us it's like a team of six um so even smaller than the tackle home board um yeah everybody puts in like as a volunteer so you know everyone is like their hearts in it you know they're all committed um in tackle does a lot of the community programs for star space you know it's our hub it's you know we installed the carpet like we drove to texas and we bought and like we glued it down um <laughs> uh, the av gear we um installed projectors into the cement overhead um we put down chairs like 
you know, we finally had a chance um, to make a space nice and to try to make it permanent. And I think by having that one central location um, where like folks know where to park, um, they know like how to get on the Wi-Fi, they know how to find it. Um, it's helped a lot of new groups meet. And we went from, oh gosh, like three to like 16. And now we have over 20 in OKC. And there's like an event happening tonight um, at this space. It's really nice. Um, Is that space 20 uh, user groups that are meeting? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, so we have more groups than uh, days in a month. Wow. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <that's> <laughs> um, and not all in the same city, though. Uh, one thing we've tried to do, um, we've got a statewide mission of, you know, connecting Oklahomans. So we've got groups in Bartlesville. We've got groups in Muskogee. And Tulsa has, you know, um, a bunch of groups over there, too. Uh, but um, instead of meeting, um, like, 20 times, like, they have a really big event one night of the month. And then they'll have, like, six groups at that one event. Um, okay. It's neat to kind of uh, compare notes like that. And they meet at night. We meet during the day for most of the groups. In okay. OKC, at least. Yeah, that was going to be um, kind of my last question was the... Uh, it, it sounded kind of like, and I could probably go onto the meetup page and look this up myself, but I just wanted to ask you kind of what your meeting schedule looks like, like how often tech, Techlahoma as a whole meets, or if it's mostly individual user groups and then like groups of user groups, like you said, and what, what have you found that kind of works the, the best for keeping that community kind of presence, I guess? For us um, in Oklahoma City, like we have a bunch of groups and some of them are like really big. Um, some of them are like 50 people. Some of them are like 10 people, um, but we have it on different days. Um, so folks can kind of go as they are able to, um, or if there's like a, a fun talk and they don't want to miss it, they can go. Um, they also get live streams. So all of them, they can be watched at a later time, which is nice. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. we've. Um, only been live streaming for like a year. We started it the first time at um, Splinter Plains 2016. And now all of the OKC groups just get recorded. Like we had to figure this out like as a need of user groups and then we implemented the solution for the conference and then we were able to give it back to the community. So like, it's like um, kind of like a tight feedback loop. Like yeah. it's just a matter of scale, I think, and a matter of like stress also. Mm -hmm. um <laughs> providing for user groups is like a little little less um wild yeah. uh tulsa meets um like they've got a couple of groups that'll meet on like different days uh like there's code for tulsa that'll meet at night um but then tulsa web devs will meet and they'll have like um a ux group a python a ruby group um a js group a c sharp group a wordpress group um we're like they'll just hack on something together and it works for them. Like they'll get really big numbers, and it's interesting that like that's worked for them. We've had uh, a more difficult time getting folks to show up at night in Oklahoma City. I'm I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's that folks have like family obligations, um, or if they're driving out of the city. Like, they might be driving into OKC and then back home. Uh, one of our co-founders, Vance. Um, He's the three out of three. Jesse and I are the two out of three. Mm -hmm. um, he lives in Shawnee. So, like, he's got to drive, like, you know, like an hour back home. Um, 
and we used to live in Weatherford, so like that was an hour in a totally different direction. So like we weren't gonna, you know, like leave a user group at like 10 p.m. or something. Uh, we wanted it to be at lunch because we were in town um, for like university and work, uh, and it fit better into our schedule. Um, but the Tulsa crowd has a lot of success um, at night uh, because folks aren't um, needing to ask off from their day job. You know, um, it's a night event, like they can plan for it, they can get babysitters or something, mm-hmm. uh, they can show up. It's kind of like a social outing too. Uh, both seem to be doing well. Um, I feel like um, OKCJS and the Tulsa Web Devs are like like sister groups. Hmm. So both are good in their own way, um, but they've had different success at night. Uh, and for all of our events, like we've got like two to three to four things happening every week um, in different cities, uh, sometimes in OKC alone. Hmm. So like there's always something happening, um, which is nice because you know some folks will come in from out of town and they can just pop into a group. And like, here's the tech community. Like, um, Here it is, yeah. Yeah, um, our meetup page uh, lists out everything, which is a thing that we had to think about. Like, do we want like a, a massive Techlahoma um, account where we have like all of the you know user groups making an individual event? Um, I thought it would be a good idea to kind of keep that separate because folks, you know, some folks might want um, WordPress and not SharePoint, or they might go to a JavaScript group for one month, and then maybe they're like, no, C-sharp's definitely what I want to be in, or, right. you know, for all the database groups. Yeah, so they can kind of get the notifications for what they want, um, kind of join and leave as they please. Uh, and it's okay for like, those groups to go away or to spin up. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's nice to compare notes. Uh, I don't have all the answers, but it's it's been a lot of time to learn. <laughs> well, you've yeah. you've done a good job so far, <laughs> as far as we can tell. Yeah, <laughs> it's very very inspiring. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I mean, we're pretty close on time. We try not to let these things run too long. Um, yeah. But Dan, do you have any? Wrapping up questions. I have a ton of questions, but we don't have time. Yeah, <laughs> I think we would just have to like have, have another to part two. <laughs> yeah, another. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, cool. I mean, uh, so it was great talking to you, Amanda. Um, if anyone would like to contact Oklahoma, maybe we have some Oklahoma fans uh, on the podcast. Um, how could they get a hold of you or Jesse or Oklahoma? Yeah, yeah. So um, we have a website called Oklahoma.org. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at, at Techlahoma. Um, we've got a, a list of like all of our user groups. So if there's something that just totally speaks to you, like you can contact them too. Um, Jesse and I are on Twitter like all the time, maybe a little too much. Um, I'm Amanda Harlan, and he is the no, he's at Simeon. It's Simeon, but like it's elite, so the S is a five. We're on Instagram too, so, yeah, and Facebook. So uh, if you want, just like you know, search us online. Like we are, we are out there. Um, and I love meeting new community organizers and making friends. Like I have so many people. Like I want y'all to meet because, like, I know you're gonna hit it off with them. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's nice. Um, we're friendly, like, you know, 
come come find us. Yeah, it, re- <laughs> it really is the more the merrier, I think. Yeah. Totally. Well, cool. Well, uh, well, awesome. Well, thanks for hanging out with us for the past hour. I think it's been so. <laughs> yeah, I think we're a little over an hour. Yeah. So, uh, so cool. Um, so yeah, uh, everyone, thanks for listening to the Techmo podcast. Uh, if you want to read more about Techmo and the Denton startup ke- uh, tech community, you can find us on the web at techmo.co or on social media at Techmo Denton. Pretty much across the board. Um, we host in-person meetups every Tuesday, so check out our event calendar or meetup.com for the next event. Um, and if you want to support TechMill, you can rate this podcast on iTunes or follow us on your choice of social media. Tell your friends. Like and yeah. subscribe. <laughs> like and subscribe. Sure. Uh, cool. So, yeah, uh, we'll talk to you guys again in a couple weeks. Bye. Thanks, Amanda. Bye. <laughs>